This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. Finance on 2NURFM and Barry Preston is talking to Jonathan Payne, author of The Payne Report. International economics is the focus. You say you predicted the financial crisis. We now have the Greece fiasco. We've got riots. The world just can't keep lending to these countries who cannot budget. Also... Where do the funds come from when they say that they're going to lend these basket cases billions of dollars? Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. We've uh, all been witness to um, the scenes of civil unrest on the streets of Athens. It's somewhat ironic, given it's the birthplace of uh, democracy. And it's the first country in Europe where we are seeing signs of serious unrest. As uh, Greece tackles this new reality that they, uh, the government spent too much and they've accumulated massive debt burdens. In fact, the Greek... T- debt-to-GDP ratio is a somewhat stunning uh, 150%, and clearly uh, they're just no longer able to afford to service their, their, their debt. Just to put some numbers around that, two-year Greek government bonds uh, are currently yielding approximately 32%. Wow! Now, there is no government in the world that can continue to finance that type of interest burden And so, in essence, the the European Union and the IMF have come together uh, to provide Greece with a bailout. In fact, the first bailout was uh, over a year ago, early 2010, where they provided them with 110 billion euros. They've now just authorized a second bailout. But the problem here, Barry, is that uh, these countries are putting debt on top of debt and on top of debt. And given it was debt that got us into trouble in the first place, putting more debt on already high levels of debt, to me, just doesn't seem to solve uh, the ultimate problem. And as you suggest, uh, the the issue is where does all the money come from to bail out uh, the Greeks? And it's not just the Greeks. It's the Irish, the Portuguese, and and others. Um, And the Germans, for example, where much of the money is coming from, I mean, ultimately, the German taxpayer will have to fund the uh, lifestyles of the Greeks. And the Germans are not too happy about this. So... As we speak, uh, there are enormous, uh, well, I would say use the word arguments taking place in the corridors of power across Europe, and your average German citizen uh, is really sick of it all and, and doesn't want to provide any additional funding to Greece. Could we throw in Italy here at all? Are they uh, struggling too? Well, it's, it's, it's really quite interesting. Um, this is like the proverbial, you know, uh, centipede. We just wait for the next shoe to drop. <laughs> um, and it, you know, started in Greece and then spread to Ireland and then it captured uh, Portugal. And now, very dramatically, in the last 10 days, we've seen uh, Italy caught up in all of this with uh, Italian bond markets uh, suffering a significant meltdown. And as a consequence of that, uh, Italian bond yields are now also rising, and we mustn't lose sight of the fact uh, that the Italian debt-to-GDP ratio is 120%, wow. and mm. Italy has 2.2 trillion U.S. dollars of debt. It is, in fact, the largest, the third largest, sorry, the third largest in the world after that of the United States uh, and Japan. Look, in some months ago, I saw a letter written by Timothy Geithner, uh, I'm not he, I believe, is the Secretary of the U.S. Treasury. He yes. sought an increase in the U.S. borrowing limit, which I yes. that stage was $14.5 trillion, and yes. it's still being debated. They're still throwing things at one another in Congress. What's happening here, I mean? Well, actually, it's a very timely question. In the last few hours, uh, President Obama stormed out of a meeting with congressional leaders, 
Um, obviously, the, the argument is with the, the Republican Party about the lifting or extension of the so-called debt ceiling. Uh, we should remind listeners that the deadline on the debt ceiling negotiations is August the 2nd. So we are only weeks away from the most appalling prospect any of us can ever even imagine, particularly in the financial markets, and that is that the United States actually defaults on its outstanding debt. Now, I still believe, as do many others, and I think it's more uh, a hope and a prayer, that the uh, leaders on Capitol Hill uh, see some sense and they resolve their differences and they, uh, they, 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 they you know, negotiate an increase in the so-called debt ceiling. Quite frankly, Barry, uh, if um, the politicians on Capitol Hill and in the Oval Office uh, don't have uh, some degree of common sense, then we are looking at a very, very scary scenario indeed. I do believe that we are playing, you know, in typical political fashion, the ultimate game of brinkmanship, um, and that uh, reason will prevail prior to August the 2nd. But if it doesn't, Barry, uh, then, my word, we're going to see some real fireworks. And I think um, that is one of the principal reasons, coupled with the debt crisis in Europe, as to why gold made a new all-time high in the last few hours. Finance. We're on finance here at the moment, and we're talking sort of international finance. <laughs> we certainly are, with our regular guest, Jonathan Payne, who is the author of the widely read newspaper or newsletter, The Payne Report, and in 2006 predicted the imbalances in the US economy, especially with the housing bubble, and the rest is history. Jonathan, look, uh, China, I believe it's having some challenges, and I believe in your June report you mentioned that China regulators were seeking to remove about three or four, five hundred billion dollars debt of local governments. Can anyone out there budget in governments? <laughs> it's a good question. I mean, yes, China does have its issues with local government debt, as, as you reference. Uh, I believe in the scheme of things it's manageable because China is one of the few countries left on planet Earth that actually has enough money <laughs> to solve these problems. I mean, they have an extraordinary reserve of money, and I believe they'll deploy that money uh, to resolve um, the, the local government debt problem. So I see it as a problem rather than a crisis, whereas what we're seeing in Europe is a full-blown crisis. So I think the issues within China are manageable and also just, uh, yesterday, we saw uh, some economic statistics out of China, which I think just further served to emphasize the strength in this economy. GDP, gross domestic product, growing 9.6% mm. over a year earlier. Industrial production up 15.1% over the year earlier. Retail sales rising 17.7% versus a year earlier. Wouldn't we just love to have those numbers pretty much anywhere else in the world? So, yes, I do... Uh, uh, I do know that uh, China has a local government debt problem, and I have written about that in my recent pain reports, because I think it's important to put it on the table. But I do believe uh, that it is manageable, and I continue to believe that China will be a very strong locomotive for the global economy. Let's hope it is. In particular, the, uh, the, the middle classes. You know, it's interesting. When things are focusing on something else, we lose track or we forget that focus has dropped off oil now oil's a lubricant of the world you mentioned quite dramatically in one of your the pain reports that i like this one take a photo of your four-wheel drive for the family album because as the grandkids get down the track one day they're, they're going to say gee what's one of those i mean is crude oil still a concern it, it absolutely is barry i think uh, we here in australia have been somewhat uh, immunized for a number of reasons number one is the strength of our australian dollar hence a barrel of uh, crude oil 
priced in US dollars is cheaper as it arrives on our shore because of the translation effect of the Australian dollar. That's number one. But number two, bizarrely enough, the Australian media continue to uh, talk about West Texas intermediate crude oil prices when we open up our newspapers or, or watch our television screens. Uh, just to provide you some context, I mean, West Texas Intermediate is completely disconnected now. It is an American crude oil price, obviously. That's currently around $98 a barrel. Mm-hmm. Brent crude oil, which is now the de facto global crude oil benchmark, is, as we speak, trading at $118. And more importantly for us here in Australia, much more relevant, the tapas. Malaysian crude oil price, which pretty much determines our retail fuel prices, is currently trading $126 a barrel. So, in fact, oil prices uh, have been rising sharply, and they continue to rise. And I continue to alert anyone who will listen to me or subscribe to my pain report. uh, They need to get ready for significantly higher energy prices, underwritten, by the motorization of the world's most populous nations. And I, I can't put it any more simply than that. Interesting. We've been following the West Texas. I must update to that tapas. It's very hard to get the price on tapas, though. It is. It is. I mean, obviously, you couldn't get it via the Internet, but you may not get a regular price feed. Uh, the Brent price uh, is, is much more easily available as it is, as I said, the de mm-hmm. facto uh, crude benchmark around the world. We must update on that. Okay, now, your reports focus on the Asia middle as the most significant economic phenomenon of our time. In simple terms, what is that and why? Well, as you say, Barry, I mean, for some time now, I've been talking about the rise of the Asian uh, middle classes, and I think we probably need to put some numbers around that. Today, there are approximately 570 million people in the developing Asian nations that earn more than 3000 US dollars a year, household income above 3000 US dollars a year. Some analysts, and I concur with this view, believe that within five years or five years from now, that number could rise from 570 million to 945 million. Now, if my arithmetic is correct, and please challenge me if I'm wrong, I think that means that an additional 375 million people in developing Asian nations will be earning more than 3,000 US dollars a year. That will generate a seismic, world-changing increase in discretionary spending. So if there's one thing that the, the listeners of today's finance report remember from what we've discussed today is that the most significant and defining economic phenomenon of our lifetime is the rise of the Asian middle classes. It is by far and away the most significant story of our time. That's an increase of 65%. Is that right? Yeah. Well, there you are. Uh, it's, uh, um, that, yes, that, probably yes, that sounds about right. It's, 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 a staggering, it's a staggering number. So commodities have got to be in demand. Absolutely. I've long been a believer in the stronger for longer view on the commodity cycle. I see uh, commodity prices heading upwards uh, right across uh, a broad basket of uh, commodities. And as as you know, uh, as a reader of the pain report, I've been recommending strongly gold now for some time. Mm. And as we speak, you know, gold is literally making new all-time highs Absolutely. as we speak. Mm. And uh, we actually just traded at uh, $1,589.80. That was a, a couple of hours ago. 
but the bottom line is uh, gold could go even higher. But it's not just about gold, obviously. Uh, by the way, the Chinese are buying as much gold as they possibly can. Clever. The Chinese mm. government is accumulating mm. significant amounts, as are the Indians, as are other countries. Uh, but also, it is the insatiable appetite that developing Asian nations, and it's not just China, it's mm. India as well and others, will have for iron ore, coal, so on and so forth. So, you know, in that respect, mm. um, Australia looks pretty good. Jonathan, look, on behalf of 2NURFM 103.7 and all our listeners, thank you very much for your happy and scary news. Uh, we look forward to seeing you very soon to bring us up to date again. That's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Pleasure. Jonathan Payne, our guest on finance today on 2NURFM.